fuck are my notes? I, d I had notes. These are previous notes. I, I could ask you questions I asked other people. That's good. You're prepared. Well, Mike Brody. That's not going to work. Who played this Shell, song? there's your sheet right there. Looking at it, trying to figure out what I got for you. The notes are sparse. You ready? Yeah, man. Me too. Hey, everybody. Welcome down to another edition of Dive Bar Mitzvah. Hey, it's me, your pal Ian. Uh, hopefully you're having a great soon-to-be holiday season. Lord knows I am. Um, I am today. This is weird for me. I'm in a bar I've never been in before. And after 22 years in Minneapolis, I've, I thought I'd been to all of them. And the best dive, dive bar mitzvahs are done in new and exciting locale where I don't know anybody and I can't just like give a quick look to the bartender and have someone shut the fuck up. No, I'm, I'm on my own today. Perhaps our guest knows somebody here, but I doubt it. We were sitting right over by the, uh, the bumper pool table. It was a, it was a great place. Uh, and then in the tradition of dive bar mitzvah, the second I was about to hit record, uh, two chains came on, bumping on the speakers, and then now we're hiding on the stage, the most obvious place in this bar. Everyone's looking at us. It's very uncomfortable. Today, we are at, what, Schoolers? Schoolers? What is Schoolers. It? Schoolers. Yeah. Schoolers Tavern, established uh, 1929. Um, and I guess they also have off-sale here, so you can also get, get get some liquor, you know, for the ride home, I guess. Um, is that what off-sale is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 yeah, I guess you could you just order from the bar. Well, it's, it's after liquor store hours anyway, so I guess it, it doesn't entirely matter. I'm happy to be here for a number of reasons, not only because of, you know, is this Three Dog Night we're listening to right now? It might be. Uh, but not only for the, uh, the festive uh, wreath and lights and uh, the holiday decor they have up around here at, at Schooners? Schuler's. Schuler's. Yep. Um, I was uh, leaving my house. I was preparing for today's big interview girlfriend downstairs watching television thought everything was going to be fine come down there uh it was a twofer i had uh I, I was hit twice she was a watching the dolly parton christmas special uh coat of many colors i believe is how it's actually called and in no small amount of tears so i grabbed my gear and i came here to shooters 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 um but that's okay. I'm, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, so I had uh, my girlfriend. Is, uh, I don't, it must be a very sad story, the story of Dolly Parton, which I find hard to believe. She seems like a survivor to me. What was the problem? I mean, sure, she was brought up poor, but I guess the kids made fun of that coat of many colors that she had. It, girlfriend's now in tears. Um, now, um, and you, you've been here, but I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm referencing my guest, even though I haven't introduced him yet. He's, he's been here a number of times. He suggested this bar. Uh, Schooners? Schoolers? Schoolers. Schoolers. And he's the third guest we've had that's, that's suggested this, but we never did it before because I was waiting for him, I guess. Uh, who do we have? We had uh, Justin Fowler and John Hunt, both individually in different weeks. Went, you know where we should go? We should go to Schuler's. Schuler's. And uh, not them. Not for them. No, not at all. Uh, I saved it for today's guest. We have many things in common, um, not the least of which is that we're both the only people in the world with our names. I'm the only Ian Rands. And ladies and gentlemen, I am here to welcome you, the world's only Shelby Oregon, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. So great to be here. And you just got done headlining Acme. So you just you just hopped in a car and ran back to Golden Valley, where we are. Exactly. Yes. That's literally what I did. Yeah. Because I live like, uh, I'm actually about a mile from here. I live in Golden Valley. Schuler's. Schuler's, yeah. Schuler's. Six minutes in, I finally remember the name of the place. Schuler's. <laughs> and you come here often? That's a I good do. pickup line. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. It's uh, I'm floored by 
Like th- there's actually a dive bar in Golden Valley. I had no idea. And it's it's a great place to, to watch people. Like it's they're characters. Yeah. And there are they're interesting, but it's it's a good group of people. Yeah. A lot of hardcore drunks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised the music is playing this loud. Usually it's a very quiet kind of. You just listen to conversations. It very is intimate. the curse of dive bar mitzvah. And uh, all the people watching, you've had your many years at, at Schuler's now happening to us um, yes. here on stage. Uh, nobody really gives a shit. That's great. Uh, now, and that's what this stage is. They do like uh, they have bands here every oh, weekend. Do they? It's a very yeah. It's notorious for like have you seen cover some bands. Good stuff here? I don't. I don't go see. I'm not a big fan of. Live music you just I don't here, like. Come here trolling for whores? Yeah. That's what I, that's, that's what what I it seems like a great place for a, tro- a whore trolling. Uh, not really, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently they really like the Vikings. Yes, they do. My PBR was $4.25, a little higher than I thought it was going to be. Really? I might have gotten the, the new guy tax, though. Uh, yeah, if you go with mixed drinks here, like our uh, shots, it's cheaper. I'm surprised that the PBR was that expensive. I was, I, as was I. What, what are you having? I had a shot of two gingers and a Miller Lite. And what'd that come to? Three dollars. Started a tab. Yeah, yeah three okay. dollars. <laughs> um, now, and uh, Shelby Organ, you've seen him all over the comedy landscape. Uh, he, uh, like I said, just headlined Acme, so you might have saw him there if you were at the show tonight. Um, and he was also live at Gotham on Comedy Central. Uh, hometown favorite, even though you're from Fargo, right? I'm not from Fargo. So why did you say in that interview with Fargo Radio you're from Fargo, didn't you? I did. I thought you did. Yeah, I think you did. I what think. interview? What are you talking about? Where'd I was you listening to some uh, like some morning zoo radio show you did a phoner for, and I would have swore you said that you were from Fargo. No, it? no, I don't think I did. Okay, but I mean it's possible. <laughs> I'm not from Fargo, I am uh, born in Gainesville, Florida, and then grew up. Uh, actually, I lived in Fargo until like you, first you grade. You can't get your story straight. You don't know it's what's hard. going on. It's hard to keep track of my life. Uh, but yeah. like 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 Skinnerd from Gainesville, right? They're, they're, they're get- Skinnerd and Tom Petty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was one thing I really liked about visiting Florida. In addition to the weather and the Disney, is that the radio only played like it, it played predominantly Tom Petty, right. Leonard Skinnerd, Casey and the Sunshine Band, all Florida bands. It was just like you couldn't. When like, did you go there? Not two years ago. For Disneyland or World? Which one is it? It's Disney You World don't there. know because you're not even from Disney there. <laughs> but I was born there. I know more about that than I know about Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I lived in Fargo until second grade and then sure. first grade yeah, and yeah. then moved to Minneapolis. Just try to cover your story so those morning jock DJs are pissed off at you. And, and that's actually a good thing. Uh, you do a lot of uh, <laughs> you, you do a lot of touring. Uh, so you do you ha- do you end funny. up doing a lot. You know, I, I think I think arrogantly I would be a great comedian. Right. I'd be spectacular. The one thing I could not do. Morning interviews, morning phone or interviews. That's why I never even bothered going after my what could be a great career in comedy because I, I could not wake up in a hotel and have to be funny on the phone. I mean, and I assume this is something you're no stranger to. You're just lying through your teeth. Well, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. is interesting that you said because that is, there are few like radio station interviews or whatever that I've done that I'm I've had fun with. Mm-hmm. It's a very forced, contrived kind of thing. Yeah, and it, 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 there's nothing organic about it for the most part. But, I mean, at this point, you should have a good grasp. But what is your strategy? I don't have a good grasp. I, okay. I, I have not gained any knowledge or insight on how to be better. I have okay. social anxiety. I'm good in front of an audience. Yeah. And I'm curious what compels you to say that you're arrogant enough to think you'd be a good comic. 
with the, the arrogant part? No, why do you think you'd be a good, good comic? No, I was just using that as a segue to say I'd be really bad at a phone interview. Right, okay. <laughs> that right, would be right. the one problem with the job I would have. Well, is <laughs> I would be a great comedian. Only if I could get past being on morning radio on a phone interview. That was. It was just a really interesting thing because I, I hate everything about, for the most part, <laughs> talking to strangers yeah, on radio. Exactly, yeah. I did one for, what, Lori and Julia. I had to do a phone interview with them when I was doing Drinking with Ian. And it was painful. Is that local? Is that here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like it, people's moms listen to it. Right. Um, but and they uh, and they loved the show for some odd reason. And they would always talk up Dream with Ian. And when we would have a, a taping in the main room, you would have a large segment of the audience, like, you know, kind of like the crusty punk, you know, nerds and stuff. And then you would have nice looking old ladies. And they were the ones who were listening to Lori and Julia. And right. they would have me in the studio every now and again. It would be great. One time, apparently, I had fallen from favor, and they just had me on a lowly phone interview. And it was fucking painful. And then they're just throwing questions at me. Oh, so, like, what websites are you into nowadays? Like, what the fuck kind of question what is that? Website? Literally, that was a question. And I was just like, why why'd you even call me? Why right. did you even fucking call me? <laughs> I like Facebook, Lori. How, how about you? Yeah, you know what? Great porn site I can forward to you if you like. I don't know how to make an umlaut on a it is URL. surprising. Like I'm, I'm so curious the people because you, you're supposed to do radio to bring in of course crowds. yeah, but I'm so curious. Like I don't want those people coming to the shows. People that like enjoyed this forced, like obviously contrived kind of yeah thing. It's just it's weird and it's unnatural. Yeah, and I got social anxiety. I'm just not I'm not usually drunk in the mornings. And I know, and I over worry. Like, if, if I find myself in an awkward position and I've been awake for, like, less than four hours, it's just, it's the worst thing ever. Right. I mean, like, I don't even leave the house until I've been awake for, like, three, four hours. So usually about six or seven o'clock at night. Why did you take such umbrage of me saying I might be a good comedian? Because I, I, I honestly, I wasn't insulting you. I thought it was <laughs> good insight. you think that? It was good. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was good, uh, interesting insight for you to say that if you were a comic, you wouldn't be good at morning radio. I'm like, yeah. that he actually yeah. knows what he's talking about. No, well, maybe. I just, I mean, because I heard you, and you did fine on this Fargo. Uh, uh, no, you did great. I mean, because they did the, the Byron Allen style of interview, yeah. which is <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about myself, and then I'm going to prompt you on a joke. You'll right. talk for two minutes. Right. You'll tell your joke. Back to me, I'll somehow try to weave in the setup for your next joke, and that's all it was. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like I – and those guys – I'm not even sure if I remember. It does. I mean, and the, and it's nothing against the, the, fine, no, it, the yeah. fine morning show of Fargo. This it's is, this is, this is a, a, a national thing. Yeah, everybody – every town has one. There's there's just something different about doing stand comedy. If I'm, in, if I'm in front of a live audience, I'm much more driven to be engaged and be honest and – be myself. It's yeah. a weird thing. Well, but Being I mean, but you have strangers. you have something you can gauge. You can look at these people and go, as opposed to looking at your dog or a television or the inside of a hotel room. You have nothing to work on on a phone interview. But when you're in front of an audience, yeah, of course. It, and that. But that I think what's interesting is that I like I am not like my, I'm a socially awkward person. Did you ever have a problem with phone calls as a kid? I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't yes, talk I to did. strangers on the phone. No, I couldn't order pizza until I was like 22. Is this weird thing? Uh, yeah, huge social anxiety, and I still like I'm not comfortable talking with people I just meet yeah. but it's like when you're on stage and it's a group of strangers mm -hmm. everyone just assumes like oh he's outgoing he's like I'm not outgoing at yeah. all I'm not comfortable in my own skin at all yeah but in front of a group of strangers that is where I'm comfortable for some weird reason because well there's no interact I mean there's 
I mean, and this is an analogy I've made on the podcast before, but hosting something for me, it's like engaging a big baby. You know, you just have to make them coo, you have to make them laugh, and then you leave. Like, there's no actual conversation, there shouldn't be any real interaction, but you know what? I poke at you, you go, ha, ha, ha. Good, I'm off stage. Right. Remember, the drink specials, tip your bartender, I'm the fuck out of here, because right. you don't actually, if you had to, yeah, this is a couple weeks ago with Brian Miller, I mean, if you have a crowd of like five people, and you can make eye contact with everybody in the room, that's horrible. But if it's big enough, is you, a headliner, don't have to worry about that, but you know, you get out, and you, know, and you have a big ass room full of people, you're adoring public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> it, it does. It, it, like starting stand comedy, doing open mics. I started it in L.A. Yeah, and so it sure. was coffee houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. I'm certain. I'm certain about that. I started in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but I didn't know any better, and it was like open mics of five people, and yeah. it was weird and awkward. And finally, I got to a point where I don't care. Like it was a weird like freedom of just. Fucking with these people and having fun. Yeah, of course. In any one-on-one conversation socially, I'm much more uncomfortable with. I just don't. I'm not good at it. Yeah. I, I just don't like it. Yeah. It's just, I think it's weird. It's interesting. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I often think that you know, any hosting and any stuff I've done in public is more or less either me trying to work through social anxiety or it's some weird back way of me seeming like I've conquered it when I still don't have to talk to individual human beings. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like it, I, I put up a big show, but when it comes right down to it, I still can't do it any better. But than you have you you have genuine conversations in your shows, like this. Oh yeah, I'm talking about like this, not uh, when you're hosting like a. No, live no, show. no. But I mean, this isn't that genuine. <laughs> you're just lying to me about shit. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> I think there's something to be said about like um, interacting with people one on one, and you say you have social anxiety. Yeah. Yet you. I've you host a show. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like Letterman. So you, you have guests and you engage them. Yeah. You come off as comfortable, confident, and curious about other people. But if you weren't having a show... You wouldn't be talking to anybody. You wouldn't be talking to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You made me seem a lot deeper than I am. I just had to think I'm a <laughs> pussy and don't like to talk to people. But yeah, maybe it's a tortured genius. Maybe that's why I did it. It is. Maybe maybe that's exactly. the way of looking at it. <laughs> Um, and uh, speaking of having to deal with the public, uh, you had mentioned in your in your act, you have had a number of shit jobs. I know I'm, I sound like I'm doing the Byron Allen thing where I'm about to prompt you on the Bubba Grump stuff, but what's, uh, you've had some shitty jobs. What was the, What's the worst you've had? And you don't have to go into a joke. Uh, I was a carny. Really? Yeah. Okay. Are you, yeah. Okay. And it was like four, five years ago. So you've been a carny pretty recently then. Yeah. Yeah. It was only for a, like... A month. Okay. And there was a Craigslist ad. Well, yeah. Okay. So Let's start at the beginning here because I, I always kind of figured you either got born into a carny life or jumped into a carny life. You either I, have, I, I was or sold into a white slavery outfit and then you're no good anymore. Well, maybe maybe we, he, he can guess people's weight and stuff. I, you were a carny. After I met you, since I've met you, you've been a carny. Yeah. I knew an active carny and yeah. I didn't know it at the time. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. And it was... Uh, I don't know. It's weird because I was a full-time comic and I got burnt out. I yeah. just, I'm like, yeah, because you kind of fell off the radar for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just, I, it was what I did best, and then I was on the road and I, I, whatever. I just, I'm like, I hate this yeah. awful lifestyle, and I just kind of stopped. I just did. I didn't. I just was. I dropped off, and so you come back. I'm trying to. I'm 
I, you look for like jobs, just odd jobs. Yeah. Um, I had done corporate job right out of college for two years, and I was miserable. What were you doing? Uh, it was supposed to be inside sales, but it wasn't. I was just basically receiving computer equipment and checking it in and inventorying it. Okay. Fascinating. I can uh, see why you didn't mention what I it was. I felt yeah. trapped. I felt awful. It was just horrible. So constantly looking for jobs that are not like that mm-hmm. since I've done comedy. And there was an ad for, um, you do like the, um, you know, like they, um, there's a trampoline and the, you put them in a harness and they, yeah. they're on bungee cords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that the ad was for. So it's okay. like, you like kids, you like, uh, you know, just having fun. So I'm like, this sounds like a, a legit job, like mm-hmm. not like a carny job. And it turned into, uh, you set up these giant inflatable uh, slides Okay. Hard, intense work with miserable people. Yeah. And um, and dealing with people that are there. It was. So and you found an ad on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. You were, you know, just like, well, this comedy thing. I'm not feeling it right now. Why don't I look for the helped wanted section at my at my local Craigslist? Hey, Carney wanted. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. And you went fuck it. What does it? What then? If you don't mind me asking, what does being a Carney pay? Because you know what. I have I have life in front of me too. Perhaps this perhaps I shouldn't be looking. To, perhaps I should not be mocking this. No, this might be the no, next you step be for mocking me. It. It's, okay. it's, it was horrible. It was I think it was ten bucks an hour. Okay, but it was like you're outside and, um, and I assume an early morning, which would be bad for me. Yeah, yeah, right, nine or ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too early can't for do that. Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, yes, and just. Awful, horrible work, and and, and witnessing people, like they, we did, like a, we set up a climbing rock wall, mm-hmm. and then like there was a dad with his uh, daughter and son, and his son wasn't doing the rock wall, and the daughter was, and he's calling his son a wimp, Ugh. and it was it's just it was it, there was everything about it I hated. So and you were just involved in the setup, or were you actually doing mic work? Did the setup, and then you I would do no no mic work. Okay. I would just be um, you'd be like the safety kids guy in for. Uh, the trampoline, okay, or um, setting them up in the rock wall for mm-hmm. climbing stuff, or uh, setting up the inflatable castles. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So what that means, if nothing else, you have some quiet time alone in the inflatable castle. You know, you could take down the inflatable castle when you want. No, you could, you, it, could, you is... could bring up the inflatable drawbridge. You know, and just had chill out by yourself for a while, not have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, there is you, you're interacting with people all the time. Like it, horrible, it, can't do it. Hor- yes, yeah, that's exactly. I'm like, this is not what I thought it was, and and it's also I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fucking carny. Like, what am I doing with my life that I'm? And were you, you were touring around with this, so you no, have to be. I no, oh, okay, so you, I, okay. I was. I had been done with comedy for a while. But just, I mean, but you like, a carny goes from city to city, right? No, this is um in Minneapolis, so oh, okay. it was it was it was over um you know anywhere from thirty miles away. Oh, okay. But I wasn't traveling. But you could see people you know, perhaps, that were, you know, like, yeah, bumping. I, I did actually, you bump into people? Never. Okay, never good. Did. Yeah, that's great. Because <laughs> I've thought, there have been times in my life where I'll see, like, a help wanted sign, like, at a, like a donut place, like, 20 minutes away from my house. I'm like, I could get a job here. I'd never see anybody. Do this you have like, a normal job? No. You don't? No. But if it came down to it, that donut shop in, you know, Spring Lake Park or something, you know, I could probably, you know, hide out there for a couple years, you know. Have a whole different part of my life. Wake up bright and early. Make the donuts. Have, maybe have a different girlfriend out there. You know, maybe set up like a little like a little side apartment. Nobody sure. knows anything about me. I'm Ian the Donut Guy. I'm not that Ian. It's impossible. <laughs> See, and I think that would be all right. Now, 
You're in a 30-mile radius setting up bouncy castles. Yes. Didn't see anybody, though. No, no. But I've seen everyone since then. I'm delivering pizzas right now and seen ex-girlfriends that I wasn't anticipating opening the door. Yeah. Yeah. If you figure their names would be on there, you'd have some sort of warning. She's married, so her oh, name would change. <laughs> And, and, and I imagine when, uh, when she greets you at the door, you know, just a, an opulent background, a very nice house, yep. kids running around, probably underneath yes. the Christmas tree, everybody, domestic bliss, and there you are holding a pizza Absolutely. going, this is spectacular. It, it was. Did you give them a flyer for your upcoming show at Acme? You should have. Like, well, no, I'm just, you need, as, as Chris Maddox says, you need life experience for these jokes. You know, maybe you're just doing, doing some research. I, she opened the door, and I heard her voice, and I immediately knew it was her, and I, I, I looked down. <laughs> With my hat covering my eyes, <laughs> and I changed my voice. I, <laughs> I changed did you, my. Did you do an accent? I did it like a. Uh, yeah, here you go. I honestly, <laughs> I changed my voice. That was, that was actually a pretty decent Johnny uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah, and I. <laughs> I don't think she recognized me, but I, I thought if she did, <laughs> I would have to continue on with the, talking like that. I'm like, I don't. There's no way of, of going around this, but it was a horrible feeling. Yeah. No matter how much comedy you do, there's no there's no validation if you're delivering. It's an honest job, and yeah. there's, there's no, nothing there's to be no problem with it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there is there is a, a huge amount of a huge level of embarrassment that I felt like it was really a weird because of horror. her because well, but of contextually being, her being, being forty three years old delivering pizzas. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that I've done comedy and that I've like pursued like my creative goals and had learned a lot about myself and yeah. had fun i'm a 43 year old delivery yeah guy okay and it's not a good for i just i don't know i don't like it but i mean you know you, you can i mean i assume with something like that you can just kind of put your head down and enjoy it and then until you find your ex-girlfriend I, who's now married and <laughs> living in some mcmansion i assume on a hill there is a like a certain amount of time and i'm like i can laugh and i can talk to my friends yeah. And and there's a lot of laughing. I'm like, all right, this is yeah, bring it to the stage and yeah, there's something funny about it. But initially, immediately, oh, it's, of course, it's hard. I've got uh, I've got a friend who uh, is a was a mailman. Um, I've actually had two friends who were mailmen, and uh, my most recent mailman friend. Like every time he would see me because he was delivering my neighborhood, I was like big smile, like this is awesome. I know the mailman. Like I've gotten drunk with the mailman. This is great. When he looked at me, he's like, I don't believe I'm a mailman. Like, I'm like, what's the fucking problem with being a mailman? Somebody's got to bring me my goddamn mail. Somebody's right. got to bring everybody the mail. It could be me next year. Who cares? Like, I mean, this is great. But, yeah, I mean, the, the feeling you have on yourself. Right. It's just like, it's like I can't go to a bar alone. I feel like everyone's looking at me if I'm a bar alone. I've seen a million people at bars alone, never thought twice about them. But when it's me, suddenly, you know, it's shitty. Can you go to movies alone? Um, you know what? I never have. I don't think I ever have. Well, what kind of movies? I mean, if it's like, a, <laughs> like a, is it a comic romp? Yeah. Is it a porn? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a rom com. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, if anybody could get away with, uh, with with this, it's you because you have a twin. Why couldn't you just blame your brother on this? You could be That's like, funny. you could be like, didn't you used to date my, I, <laughs> you used to date my brother? <laughs> or I'm sorry, excuse me, did you used to I, date my brother? <laughs> That's really funny that you say that because I, uh, I, <laughs> I, I was trying to actually figure out like a joke to write about this, but I'm like, Jesus, I'm punching up your name life. Tag. I'm punching. Yeah, up your you life. are punching up my life. But I had a name tag, and my name is spelled out <laughs> K J Yellow, so she would have known I'm not my twin. I'm like, it was like deep every, undercover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of shitty jobs, 
Not only are you the only yeah. twin I've ever had on the show, you're also the only other person who's with a name that only you have. You are also um, in the in the annal of shitty jobs. I assume being male lead in Night Creep um, up there a bit. And I mean, I feel bad because I know you covered this on Maggie's podcast. Mm-hmm. And to prepare for this, I did not listen to Maggie's podcast. So it's like I can't steal what I don't know. Right. On Magnetronic, there seems to be a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah, what's going on? Heart does that to bars. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, though, night. Point, I, yeah, night I, creep. Why, I, all right. Yeah, I know. This is your bar. This is representing on it's you. This is you volunteers. These are. <laughs> they're not usually this. Oh, it's a birthday. Okay. This is the second time they've wished this woman happy birthday. Take it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in uh, night creep. I was. Uh, now, and I'm. Sh- Imagine with me if you can. There's probably a couple of people who haven't, who are not familiar with the movie Night Creep. Yeah, 2002. Out. I'm going to say it was. I've only seen the trailer online, um, and, and you look, you know, you you look like a guy who could do that in that. In what that does movie. that mean? No, but I mean, it, it's you didn't look out of like anybody else I know who would have been in kind of a, a cheesy horror movie in the early 2000s would probably look out of place. But you have the classic good looks. Where you could definitely have, you know, ended up, you know, somehow like, you know, trying to build up a portfolio or something, a reel, I believe it's called in the business, and and there you are, shirtless, hanging out in night creep. Yeah, I, and I assume you, you got that gig. We'll help wanted on on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll come back to Carney in a I couple audi- of years. Right now, well, let's see. I, I auditioned <laughs> lead, for that lead, role. Lead, I, for night. I auditioned and I was so nervous and I auditioned for it. I'm like, this is my big break. Yeah. It was like... Uh, well, everybody has to have something bad that we played on The Tonight Show in 10 years. Right. You right. know, like, oh, yeah, well, guess what? We've, we've, we've dug well, out something real be- good on this you. This is beyond The Tonight Show. I think this is nothing like The well, Tonight no, Show. Well, no, but I mean, you know, but, you, but when they give it a guest on, then they have, like, a, a favorite, like a George Clooney, like, hey, had we dug up something early from right, your career, right. that would have been yours. Well, I knew, I, I thought I was going to be famous after I hosted a Girls Gone Wild at First Avenue and they had cameras really? there for it. I did. Horrible, horrible. Um, and I, I was going to say no out of principle, but then I said yes out of money because I, I was horribly desperate for cash. And then they're like, yeah, it's like 300 bucks. You, you bring up some girls to stage. I don't know, you might pour water on them. And I'm like, you know what? Sure. Yeah, you had me at money. Let's do it. Yeah, it's great. So is it, anyone have access to that? Anyone, can anyone see that? I don't think so. I mean, I know the footage exists. They had like 10 cameras. But they. Uh, but I, I doubt they'll, I, I, don't, I didn't think they were, and this is, what, 15 years ago. And I never thought they were going to do anything with it because they had to stalk the girls. Apparently, First Avenue, you know, didn't bring down the uh, Babes of Plenty. So they actually, so they got in strippers from all over and paid them to oh, sure. come up on yeah. stage and have me pour buckets of water on them. See, so you've got to be thankful that that's not out there. Since I never got famous, hey, shit, I'll take it. Yeah, but enough about me. Let's talk about Night Creep. I, it was, uh, it's actually a comic, a Sam comic that wrote and directed that film. My manager uh, knew them, and they set me up for an audition. I actually auditioned for this horrible, yeah, horrible. It was going to be your big break. Yeah, and it, I, I was so nervous I didn't sleep for two days before. Oh, wow, that. okay, yes. so you took this seriously. Yes, it was fucking hardcore serious. It's embarrassing how hardcore serious. And it is an awful, uh, cheesy horror flick. And it, is it out there? No, it's, it's, I have a copy of it. Of course DVD. you do, yeah, yeah. Um, do you ever have screenings of Night Creep for yes, friends and family? Yes, we did. Like uh, Brennan Walsh is a comic friend of mine. Yep, I know Brennan. He's the one that actually got the copy of the DVD. Yeah. And... Um, we had a screen when I lived in LA, <laughs> yeah, like eight, seven years ago, and I have that copy still. And so I've shown it to 
to um, girlfriends and to friends. Now, did you have to watch it by yourself alone first? Like, did you have to watch? No, it? I yeah. can't watch anything alone. Okay, so so you had to experience the all of the glory of yeah, Night Creep yeah. with with assembled peers. And it was because I'd almost want to know what to expect, but you just dove in with both feet. I, it. yeah, I did, and it was it was. I knew it wasn't going to be good. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect, but it was fun. It was fun to have comic friends make fun of me and give me yeah. shit. Because <laughs> God, who doesn't love that? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, but it, yeah, it was. It's horrible and it's embarrassing, but I'm strangely I'm proud sure, of it. I'm sure Night Creep had its moments. Uh, how are no. you in Night? How are, <laughs> no. how are you in Night Creep? You know, I mean, you can rise above the material. I watched it with when we had the screens with. Uh, we did something with the turkeys. Uh, the okay. Sketch yeah, group yeah. with Gabe and. Yep. Um, we had a live showing, and um, it was fun to watch it and see how bad I was. And it was more fun to watch people trying to be supportive uh, <laughs> one-on-one yeah, yeah, and yeah. say that you're, you're a good actor. I'm like, I, I, my mouth is open, like I'm mouth breathing, and I'm just staring. <laughs> and so it was, it was funny to people want to be supportive. And yeah. That is great, but it was, it was funny to be self-aware, like know what this really was. It was just shitty horror movie and that was bad and it was bad movie so there's not gonna be any night creep 2 is what you're saying no 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 sequel no you sure <laughs> we could go we could we could do like a like a kickstarter on I, that i honestly i would love the you know like there's those bad movies that people they become they can call films yeah i would love to start that about night creep i would love to have a showing and kind of people because it's yeah. so horrible it's fun to watch you need to start Nightcon. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could start one, just have a few people there, but let it build, build, let this whole audience build. Like you know, Shelby Organ from Night Creep is going to be at you know the Maplewood Hilton, signing autographs, <laughs> hanging out. You could you could sell some props. <laughs> you know, you could reenact some scenes with fans. This would be great. I honestly, I would love it. I think it would be so fun. So how do we get this film out in the public domain? Because for a movie to become a cult classic, you must have a cult, and you must introduce people to this stuff. I am trying to figure out how to do that. Like, I would say you probably have a better idea than me. I have got the copy, and... Um, and, you would, and you would let everybody watch it. You, yeah, you say, I would. Please, take yeah. on Night Creep. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to post a link to the uh, trailer. The trailer's on YouTube. All right. That's all I've seen. All right. Not a lot of dialogue. A lot of words. It's like, you know... <laughs> the knife. The babe. The bartender, and it's just that for like four minutes. It's just like the trailer is long. It's, like, it's just like it's it keeps a going. Whole lot of nothing. It's a whole lot of nothing. But there's a like a, a major there's star. There's attractive women. There's a major star. Oh, who is it? There's no attractive women. I, well, I mean, okay, well, you know, really, uh, well, really the burying the odds of us getting them back for Night Creep Two. Bunch of dogs in Night Creep One, huh? Yeah. Jeez, there's, how the mighty fall, man. There's one. There is one major star in the motion picture. Okay. And this is why I was very nervous, because I'm like, this is legit. And this is going to launch my acting career. Okay. It's a fucking big deal. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's, have you seen that? No. You haven't seen Weekend at Bernie's? I, I'm the only person who hasn't seen Weekend at Bernie's. I almost lied and said, yeah, of course, I've seen Weekend at Bernie's. I've never actually seen I, I'm familiar with many of the people in Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, he's in Weekend at Bernie's. He was an 80s actor, and he had like a, a, like a small kind of side role in it. But he was in Night Creep. I'm like, I can't believe. Well, this who was guy. he in Weekend? How would I know this character? He played this actor? the. Um, he played one of the gangsters that are after Andrew okay. McCarthy and what's the other guy's name. You haven't seen the that. other guy. Andrew and, McCarthy uh, was the only one I could pull he's got out. Got big yeah. bug eyes, but he is like a. He had credits. Like he was a, a good character. Actor. 
subtle side piece character actor. Okay. And, and, so, and you and you were going to be working with him. And he, was he was a night creep. He was he was the night creep. He was the night creep. And that's oh, he was the night. That's creep. he was well, the character. Fuck, of night he ruined creep. it now. <laughs> Shit, now I don't even need to watch it. Bug eyed dude, it's I'm the night creep. Man. It, it's a designer drug. <laughs> that's all you need to know is that they describe night creep as a designer drug, <laughs> which I think is the best description for a drug when you say it's designer drug. Yeah, it's a new designer drug. That's what night creep was. Night creep. Yes. Keep your eyes open for Night Creep 2 coming to a theater near you. And Nightcon, a new annual event. Shell Bjorgen there signing 8. So. Do you have 8 by 10s I do. Gonna have to get some 8 by 10s made. Yeah, we're gonna have to get this yes, going. Yes, I need to get them made. Yeah, yeah. Get you a silver Sharpie. We're gonna fucking clean up on this. It's gonna be great. Uh, while I was writing questions today, I wrote this one down. Rat, with two T's. Because I was listening to Rat when I was coming up with questions. The rock uh, band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. L.A., also L.A., from sure. L.A., Stephen Piercy. They did Round and Round. Sure. You ever listen to any hair metal growing up? No. Really? No, You're not a my bag. older than I am. I figured you would have been, you would have been trapped you? at, I'm uh, 40. All right. 43. I No, ne- that was never my bag at all. What did you listen to? At, at what age? Um, early 80s. Uh, it was like 10, let's say. Cindy Lauper. Okay. Like Cindy Lauper. Duran Duran. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the first concert I went to was Cindy Lauper. What, what did your twin think about this? Was he into metal? Was he? Or were you both like into Duran? No, Rand? we had pretty much the same uh, taste when it comes to music. Okay, because I was about to say if he was into Scorpions or something, like you, you would have had to be the pussy one. Like, right, you know, like right. yeah, I got this one listening to Cindy Lauper. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. listening to Maiden. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some Priest on here, Unleashed in the East. Yeah. Well, I haven't shared this story, but that's my first concert, Cindy Lauper. With Cindy I'm Lauper. not proud of it. But that's yeah. great. Good yeah. seats? No, of course not. You're a kid. No, way back up, but fuck, it was just intense. Girls just want to have intense. fun tour, I imagine, or the True Colors tour. True Colors oh, tour. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, my God. You couldn't even get that. <laughs> and I bet, I bet your eyes watered up right there when all the lights come down. It was down. fucking heavy. It was heavy, man. <laughs> it really was intense, and I love the fact that you remember the True Colors fucking... Yeah, fucking, yeah, that because was I was it. excited for it. Like, girls just want to have fun. That would be a spectacular tour. Wow. I bet the band was shit hot. You know, I mean, they toured everywhere. I'm sure it started as a small tour. They got into bigger and bigger rooms because the the video kept getting play on MTV. All of this, but no, you didn't see that when you saw True Colors. You yes. know, the introspective I, next album. I enjoy which strong. Is, and every time you see, like, every time for years when you'd see an ad for Kodak, I bet you teared up a little bit. But yeah, True Colors shining through right here, Kodak. I love that song, True Colors. <laughs> I loved it. To this day. I see I your see, no, true I colors shining through. Yes, it was fucking great. I it see was, your true colors. I enjoy strong that's female why vocalists. Yeah, okay. That's why I, I love you. you. Yeah. Don't be afraid to let it show. Yeah, true, true colors. True colors. Are beautiful. Like a rain. I enjoy see, strong I'm, female vocals. Okay. That's that's my bag. See, I brought up rap because I thought we'd talk about you know things that we were ashamed about in our musical past. But no, still after all these years, standing by, yes. Cindy Lauper, strong strong female vocalists. Sure, Liz Fair, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, okay, really, Alanis. You can't like both Liz Fair and Alanis Morissette. Why not? That's what I do. Because I enjoy Alanis it. Morissette's like the fake, like the poor person's Liz Fair. You ought to know is a fake poor. It's a fake version of fucking run. Of what? Fucking run. 
Liz Fair song off Exile. Yeah, fucking that's holy that's shit. the that's the real one. Okay, so you can't tell me you know blowing dude from Full Houses is, is that's that's the watered down version of Liz Fair. I didn't realize this was going to get so heated so quick, Joe. I'm sorry. No, I'm fascinated because uh, fucking Ron, that is one of my top five favorite. It's albums. a great. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good song. Uh, is that the name of the album or is no? That, that's exile. I think it's on exile. Exile on Guyville. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, and I love it. Okay. Uh, Alanis Morissette. Her voice was stronger than Liz Ferris. Okay. And it's fucking gorgeous to listen to. And those lyrics... I see what you're saying about being a watered-down version. Yeah. But I still loved her. I started the fine line. It's fucking great. Well, that's more set. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. Real quick, though. Best Christmas memory. There you go. Did you get tickets to City Lopper for Christmas? That would be good. My, uh, the only... The embarrassing... I remember I got a copy of Eat em and Smile for Christmas. What is that? Uh, David Lee Roth album. His first solo album. Yeah? Yeah, Eat Him and Smile. You like that? Mm, I own it now. What's really sad is my dad actually owned a record store, but it was a used record store, and he was into, like, cool stuff, and he had to buy his son a fucking copy of Eat Him and Smile at Musicland. I'm sure it ate him up. But what's your... Uh, what, give me your best Christmas memory, Chell. It's, it's a hack question, I know. I, I, <laughs> it's the fucking season. I was like, well, the Christmas is coming up. Maybe I'll do a fucking Christmas question. I have a uh, limited memory. I actually... Uh, I have limited memories. I'm, I have a bad memory. I don't recall when you and I talked about when we uh, booked this podcast. When you messaged me tonight. That's true. Yeah. What? How? What, how did this come about? You, I mean, it was. I, it, I was 40, it was forty-eight hours ago. I looked through our Facebook messages and through our texts, and I didn't see anything. What? What are you talking about? Here, hold on. I'm bringing up my phone right now. Always makes for a good podcast. Um, no, because I okay now just to back to to tell everybody what's going on. I uh, I confirmed with Chell today that we're going to do this, right. you know, and you uh, messaged me on Facebook. Yeah, and then and 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 he was like, "We'll do what?" <laughs> and we yes. had talked, but uh, but a couple days earlier, to my memory, about us doing this. Uh, let's let's okay. I'm bringing up Facebook Messenger right now. Um, uh, hey, if you have nothing to do, come and let's have a drink. Uh, he says, let, Chell says, let me know when you need me. Let's plan accordingly. And I said, we could knock it out at a bar near Acme, Tuesday or Wednesday, either before no, or no, after no. the show. No, before. When did you initiate? Oh, okay. I just, I, yeah, right there. Oh, did and that, that was. Did, did that not come through? No. Wait. Uh, all right. I don't, I don't know. The point is, I, I'm really fascinated by this, I want, but I know it's not good for a podcast. No, it's not at all. But I was, I when no, you messaged me, I'm like, ride. are you going to go to Acme? I was, I'm like, when, when did we have a? I have a bad memory. Well, but you wrote me back. How would you have written if you didn't get that? Then now you couldn't have written me back. He's, he's I'm not saying I didn't write you back. I'm saying I, I, I have no recollection because I started taking Wellbutrin, and I'm, I'm, I was like, I, I this is kind of bothersome to me. Yeah, and right here you say, oh, are we doing that tonight? When honestly, all you have to do is scroll up and went, hey, knock it out before or after Acme. And you said, oh yeah, let's do it after on Wednesday. Yeah, here we are. All right, doesn't matter. Weird. Uh, I have no Christmas memories <laughs> because that's quite, wait, because well, I can't you hours stole them all. Yeah. <laughs> that's depressing. You know well, what? I wish I, I could better. St- <laughs> I wish I could stuff your stocking <laughs> with all of the memories you've lost, Shell. Jesus, trying to do something seasonal around here. I appreciate that. I re- it just sucks wind. It was horrible. I gotta like look. I gotta <laughs> fucking read a transcript of Facebook Messenger. That's no good at all. <sighs> Everybody, that was dive bar mitzvah tonight. <laughs> I'd like to thank Schuler's Tavern, uh, established 1829 or 1929, for having us. 
uh, this week. They haven't kicked us out, uh, and we're I'm thirsty. I should have got another beer. See, you don't get a PBR. I'll get you a shot. They're a sponsor. And speaking of which, I'd like to thank my sponsors, PBR. Always in the picture, always in good taste. To add extra flair to those leisure time activities, put original Pabst Blue Ribbon in the picture. Shell, people of good taste naturally go for its old-time beer flavor. Original Pabst, brewed as it was when it won the Blue Ribbon in 1893. So next time, put yourself in the picture, enjoy original Pabst Blue Ribbon. The fuck? All I was saying was don't get a PBR without getting a shot. Okay, of course. That's all I was saying. Uh, And uh, Stand Up Records, we like our comedy like we like our booze. Straight up and bitter. Check them out at StandUpRecords.com. They have new albums out all the time. Mike Stanley's new album, Shiner, is going to be out shortly. And so will his special that will be exclusively on our Roku channel. It's free. Go there. Watch all the good stuff. There's episodes of Drink With Ian on there and lots of other good stuff. And maybe uh, at some point some good stuff with Chell that we shot a while ago. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not forcing you. I'm just saying. But anyway, go find that. Everybody, thank you very much for listening. Um, and uh, I will be seeing you next week, everybody. Thank you. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. And I... Uh, I <laughs> Fucking, it was uh, really interesting. I hope I uh, I did well with that. I think you did great. I think you did great. Yeah, because I never do well with these things. I'm like, this you is- did great.